Welcome to a special edition of It Just Means Four. I am your host, Will Larson, and I'm here alongside my co-host, Andrew Parrish. Andrew, what is up? Man, it's it's a great day to be a Mississippi State Bulldog, especially for you. I mean, I'm, I'm not, but I mean... You guys are having one of the most historic moments of your program. It's it's just crazy. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I, I just I just cannot believe it. I mean that that was the best game I've ever been to in person last night. I mean I, I'm still reeling from that win. Um, for those of you who don't know, I am a writer for For Whom the Cowbell Tolls. You can follow me on Twitter at at wlarson24, or you can follow Andrew at a parish one andrew parish and one andrew parish one okay yeah, yeah andrew parish one and uh, our podcast is at ijmf podcast so we're going to recap the amazing game that you know if you haven't even been watching women's basketball you probably have noticed it because it's been all over sports center all over the news i've seen new york times write about it i mean oh i mean that, that's that's one of the best games of all time i saw where sports center even called it number five on the greatest games of all time you you were watching that game too weren't you andrew yeah absolutely it was uh it, it was quite the game uh both back and forth uh had both teams had their runs and uh it was an ama- amazing finish at the end with uh morgan william hitting that buzzer beater yeah, I think uh, this might be the greatest I, – I, I think I'm going to go out on the limb here, and I think I'm going to do it. I think this is the greatest win in all of Mississippi State athletics, period. Yeah, it's got to be up there. I'm not, I'm not sure if you'd put it over the win over Auburn. Uh, I would. I would. Uh, I'll tell you why. Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. Okay. I mean, look, this is the final four, okay? You're playing to win a championship game. If Mississippi State can – pull out the game against South Carolina tomorrow, then that would be the program's first national title in any sport. If you look at 2014, they beat Auburn. They were able to go on that run to go to number one in the country, but they didn't really do anything with that. They lost the big game to Alabama when it mattered most, whereas this program beat UConn when it mattered most. So uh, to me personally, I I was at both games. Both games were crazy, but the way this game's being covered, the malpublicity Mississippi State has gotten, the enormity of the win to end a 111-game winning streak against a program that's won six of the last eight national titles, four straight. I mean, I just, I just cannot get over the fact that Mississippi State, who was a 22-point underdog, was given a 13% chance to win according to 538. They were able to pull it out. And to me, if you were looking at Mississippi State-Auburn, that was about a 50-50 toss-up game at the time. I remember that. And it was about pick game at that time. Whereas this game, no one was giving Mississippi State a real good shot to win this game. Um, over at Forum the Cowbell Tolls, I think one of our guys picked us to win, but none of us were really confident at all in quite- in fact, most of us thought this was going to be a double-digit win for UConn. I said all week that um, this would be a very close game, a single-digit game, that Mississippi State would be able to compete with UConn because they played against the most talented team the previous week against Baylor. They have a lot of depth. Baylor did. But Gio Riemma and UConn just always find a win to win. But I think what you saw last night was the fact that UConn had not faced a team with the amount of coaching, with the amount of depth, that Mississippi State had all season. And also, they weren't used to having to play a close game in any of their streaks. They weren't used to it. And Mississippi State having to play closer games all season was just used to the moment and was able to make those great last-second decisions, whereas UConn, you could see at the end of the fourth quarter, they were kind of making careless mistakes that they shouldn't have been making. 
Yeah, and that sort of occurs whenever you're only playing about seven deep. I mean, UConn only had had five players with over 35 minutes, and uh, yeah. only one bench player had more than 15. Uh, Dangerfield had 17. But otherwise, UConn's players were pretty much in there the entire game, which does ne- never bodes well for uh, for a team trying to go through a stretch run, playing a, playing a hard game against a very good team who has depth that like state does uh it, it never it, it never usually it usually never works out for the team that doesn't have a lot of depth and mississippi state definitely has built built that over the years through recruiting uh vic shaper's done a very good job of that uh making sure that they had about nine players that can go and play uh solid minutes every game and it definitely showed out there on the in the game uh UConn was making a lot of dumb mistakes and they ended up with 17 turnovers, which uh, was is quite high for, for what, probably what they usually have. And uh, State was able to force a lot of steals. Uh, so about half of those turnovers were live ball turnovers, which le- probably led to uh, a, a lot of fast break points, which definitely uh, affects uh, the course of the game. Having a lot of fast break points usually will help uh, make up for the maybe the – lack of the top end talent if you can force turnovers and uh get easy buckets it definitely helps out with uh with your game plan yeah we talked about all week how mississippi state had the toughest road to the final four of either mississippi state or uconn we talked about how uconn really hadn't faced a top tier opponent since last february when they faced south carolina and their last time that they played a top tier opponent beyond uh, facing them at Connecticut was in December when they were on the road at Maryland. So do you, so I was thinking that you know, at the time that Mississippi State having to face Baylor, having to face South Carolina in the SEC tournament kind of helped them a lot more than whereas UConn was going through the American Conference. There weren't really that much competition as opposed to Mississippi State that was having to go through the Southeastern Conference. Do you think that kind of played into effect? the fact that Mississippi State was playing tougher competition on the year, whereas UConn was just kind of using their winning streak against the likes of Houston or SMU? Well, absolutely. I mean, being battle-tested definitely uh, shows late in the year whenever you're playing against these top-level opponents because you've been through the adversity of of losing and knowing how that feels and knowing how to bounce back from that. I mean, State had four losses coming into the game, but they didn't let it get to their heads about – losing two straight at the end of the year and crashing and burning in the SEC tournament. They came yeah. back They came back stronger and put up a strong performance in the SEC tournament. Uh, and playing a good game against South Carolina, they they weren't run off the floor uh, by any stretch. And then coming back from that and playing very well in the tournament and going out and beating Baylor and now having the largest win in program history for sure. <laughs> Is uh, Now i got to ask you this. Is has Gino Ariema finally found a kind of a rival or a foe to reckon with in Vic Schaefer? Has he finally found someone that can be a challenger to UConn in the upcoming years? Perhaps. Perhaps. It's hard to say because I'm not I am not too in tune with uh, women's basketball recruiting. But I have seen. I was watching a lot of the uh, the, the McDonald's All American game uh, with the women's, and they have the number one player in the country coming in. Uh, uh, yeah, it was Morgan no uh, Megan Walker, <laughs> Megan Walker coming in, and they they just restock all of their talent, 
And I feel like that Connecticut was pretty young this year. Uh, they were. That that they'll they'll be back for sure, and I think they'll start up another pretty significant winning streak. But if if I'm not saying that it's impossible that Vic can't uh, start uh, keeping up with uh, with Gino, but it's it's not easy by any stretch. No, not at all. And, and if you look, I, I think you probably are aware of this too. Connecticut's adding a transfer from Duke, who has a lot of size and was a great player for Duke to add in with that. So that was the big thing about beating them this year. If you could beat them this year, then you would have a pretty good chance of winning the national title. Cause if you didn't beat them this year, they might be on a very, very long winning streak for years and years to come. So a lot of the Yukon fans I saw weren't really too disappointed about this game because they expect to go on the winning streak again, like you were talking about. Right. But, but I mean, we can't, we can't look past Right now, Mississippi State fans need to live in the moment that they're in right now. And oh, no doubt. Not, not really. They should not be concerned with future right this second because it's it's sort of short. It's sort of too far-sighted, I would say, to to look ahead to seasons in the future when you need to try to focus on winning a championship now while you have the chance. Because it's it's hard to say that. They'll have the chance next year. I mean, I'm not saying that they won't, but it, there's so much variability in what can happen. You I mean you saw it? Everybody thought that UConn was going to win. That any any team can lose on any given night. I mean, it's tough to make that run to the Final Four. Absolutely. I mean, you're not guaranteed to make it ever again. So you got to do it when you're right now. And that's the crazy thing about this. This is you now most talked about women's basketball game I've ever seen. And Mississippi State still has another game. They still have to, you know have a rematch with South Carolina, who's beaten them twice already in the national title game. I would personally be a little bit more concerned about the national championship game of state when playing someone that they're familiar with and the fact that they'd beaten them twice all season. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, they have not beaten South Carolina since 2010. This is a game that Mississippi State has been, I think they've been ready to win this game for a while, especially since they weren't able to win in the regular season on a tough, tough calls at the end of the game in Columbia. And they weren't, they, they didn't play a great fourth quarter in Greenville, South Carolina, with all the South Carolina fans there. They weren't able to put it together to uh, win that game. This is finally a neutral site game between Mississippi State and South Carolina. Dallas, Texas. I've seen a lot, although I will say this, I've seen a lot more Bulldog fans than Gamecock fans here at this event. I think probably UConn fans, I guess there were, there were very great many of them, but obviously there won't be as many of those because they're not even in it anymore. <laughs> so I think Mississippi State might have the most fans tomorrow. Yeah, very well could happen that way. Although I did, I have seen some things on the uh, the transfer, uh, the ticket transfer market. Uh, where the, a lot of UConn fans aren't selling their tickets, they're just keeping them. I know I have seen that they sold. They officially sold out the game today. I'm not sure if you've seen that, but the ticket prices are really, really high. Yeah, people are people are excited game. for this SEC matchup, I guess. Or UConn fans <laughs> yeah. are just deciding yeah. not to sell their tickets for very cheap. 
Well, I think I figured out why. I think I figured out why. Well, you notice at the SEC tournament, there'll be Kentucky fans that go to all these games, even though they're not even involved with the games. I mean, if you go to like an Arkansas, Alabama SEC tournament game, you're going to see the majority of the fans are going to be Kentucky fans at that game or any other game. So I feel like UConn fans kind of treat this in the same way. This is kind of their event. They're going to be at the game irregardless if they're there or not. You know, I saw a lot of I saw some Tennessee fans at the Final Four, which might surprise you. It surprised me, I'll say that. But if you look at them historically, they've been they have been to the most Final Fours out of any other program in college basketball. So I feel like Tennessee and UConn both kind of treat this as their event. They're going to be there irregardless of if they're there or not. So I think that's kind of why you're seeing that a lot of UConn fans aren't selling their tickets. Right. I mean, I'm looking at the tickets right now and the cheapest ones I can find are on the baseline in the upper level for $300 a piece. And it's just like, I must, you know, I was lucky because last week I, I decided that I was going to buy both championship and uh, semifinal tickets for a pretty good price. Uh, way under that, probably a third of all that for both tickets. Um, oh. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, I, we decided to do that because we were, because I was afraid personally that I wouldn't be able to get championship tickets because of price like those if we had won the game. So I decided, you know, even if, you know, Mississippi State didn't beat UConn, then, you know, it's not the end of the world. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> didn't, ex- didn't expect to get that far. I mean, that's about as much as a SEC football game. But if they did, then uh, it's priceless. And that, that, that moment was priceless. Seeing Dak Prescott there was priceless. Seeing seeing Robin Roberts there was priceless. I mean that that was as good of a win for Mississippi. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say it. That was the best win for the history of Mississippi State athletics. What a historic night, and what a great time! If you have been a Mississippi State fan for years and years, I mean you are finally getting the benefit of the doubt after seeing. Yeah, Alabama fans winning football all the time, Kentucky winning basketball all the time. You know, when you know, 10 years ago, it was Tennessee and UConn. Those were the two women's basketball programs to reckon with. To see Mississippi State as one of those top basketball teams right now, I don't think any, uh, any Mississippi State ever, ever thought that we would be anywhere close to this. And it is, it is really, really something to see. I, I, I'm just speechless, honestly. I just cannot believe that Mississippi State just beat Junior Oriema and UConn under 11 game winning streak. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, oh, yeah. Uh, that was, that was as loud as I I had ever cheered. I'll tell you. That. <laughs> oh, oh man, that that was that was just awesome. That that was totally worth it. And also, I, I do need to mention this. Congratulations to Ethan Lee, our managing editor. He got a new tattoo today. PT. GLD, praise the Lord, go dogs. He's he wrote an article saying he would get a Vic Schaefer inspired tattoo if uh, Mississippi State were able to beat UConn. And uh, I can tell you that today I saw the picture. He got the tattoo today, so uh, he, he's very excited. Um, he, I will say, all of us for whom the Cowbell Tolls writers are just very, very shocked, impressed, and and as excited as all you are. I mean, we we are really, really excited. To, sh- be, to cover this in such a great time for Mississippi State Athletics. Absolutely. Uh, and let's, let's quickly turn our attention to the, uh, the championship game. 
uh, with South Carolina yeah. is the next team on the docket. And uh, I mean, what what can you say? I mean, just <laughs> I got I got a chance to see them, South Carolina, Stanford in the first game. I went to both games. Um, the thing that I kind of took away from that game is that both teams looked kind of sloppy to me. I wasn't I wasn't really too impressed with either team. It seemed it it was really a toss up. Um, I can't I can't I this say this, but I can't remember that the, the, there was a Stanford girl. She's the sister of the UConn Yes, yeah, so Car- Carly Samuelson. Uh-huh. Carly Samuelson, yeah. She, at one point, uh, it was in the second quarter, she, she, she like tripped and hurt her knee. And it, I thought she had torn her ACL or something because she was holding her knee. She couldn't walk. And they, the, uh, the Stanford bench had to pick her up. I mean, it was, it was kind of, I felt really, really bad. But then at the end of the third quarter, or at halftime, she comes back in and she she was limping a little, but she was able to play through all that. And that, I got to give a shout out to her for being to, for, to tough it out through all that. The thing about South Carolina that I noticed is they are really, really missing Alania Coates. I mean, they're, they're really, really missing her. They're, I think I think she averaged about 13 points per game. And they're they're really really missing her. They're they're these games that they're playing that are so close right now. They would be winning by double digits if they had her. Um, I saw I've seen a couple of their games. They um, pulled out a close game against Florida State. They pulled out a close game against Arizona State in the Columbia South Carolina regional final. Um, and obviously last night they uh, pulled out a. Uh, I think yeah, it was like a 59-53 game. I don't really 62, remember. 62-53 That's what they ended up being. 62-53? Okay, yep. yeah. Yeah, so uh, they uh, that, that, was a, that was a closer game than the score indicated, too, because Stanford was leading for the majority of the first half. So, um, I mean, you, I don't think you could pick against the hot team right now, honestly. <laughs> I mean – they they just they just took down Baylor, who was number two in the country. They took down UConn, who's number one in the country, and now Mississippi State is taking on number three in the country. I know they they have not beaten South Carolina either of the times that they met. That's the only thing. But I, I, Mississippi State has the size, they have the depth to beat South Carolina. I, I'm impressed with Asia Wilson, but. Personally, to me, I, I think South Carolina is more of a better Washington, if you ask me, as far as they're more well-rounded team. They don't have the uh, Kelsey Plum player by any stretch, but I, I don't see the depth that Mississippi State has for South Carolina, and I don't think that South Carolina is going to be able to win on a neutral floor against Mississippi State. Now, I'm taking a look at the uh, point spread here. And South Carolina is actually favored by three points. Does that surprise you? Uh, a little bit, actually. I, I figured that Vegas would be on the whole recency bias sort of thing, and uh, they, they really aren't, which is sort of shocking to me. It really is. I mean, I, I thought for sure Mississippi State would be a favorite, but honestly, I, I think that works out better for Mississippi State. They've been defying the odds this entire postseason. They were picked – against the to lose to DePaul, Washington, Yukon, and now South Carolina. So I, I think that works out in Mississippi State's favor. If you saw Vic Schaefer's post game, he was like, experts, please pick against us. This yeah. this just this only works for our team. So I, I think he's excited, the team's excited, but make no mistake about it, I've seen a lot of the players post game uh, remarks. They are ready for South Carolina. They're excited. They're excited to beat UConn, but they feel 
they want to go all the way. They feel like there's unfinished business unless they win the national championship. All right. I feel like I need to get on a soapbox for a minute. And okay. Explain myself. All right. So okay. I'm, ve- I'm very, it's very, I'm very conflicted right now because okay. I want to, I want to pick, I want to pick South Carolina because I just feel like they have a lot of talent, but I've made this mistake one too many times of picking against Mississippi State. When they're playing like this, it's hard. It really is hard to pick against them, and I'm not going to do it today. I've, mm. picked, I've picked against them one too many times, and it's, it's time that I give, them a, I give them a shot. Although maybe maybe State fans don't want me to do that because they've been winning every time I pick <laughs> against them. But, I mean, dead gummit, I'm going to pick Mississippi State. I, I'm doing it. Wow. I, I am stunned. The, the, this is the upset of the century right here, folks. He picked Mississippi State to win. I, 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 they're just playing so well, and it's hard to really – you have to pick the team that's – it all goes back to recency bias. And yeah. you, have to, you have to look at how a team is playing versus how the other team is playing, and it's, it just makes all the sense of the world that you pick Mississippi State here. To me, at least. Well, as, Vic, well, as Vic Schaefer said last night, you know, this isn't about who's the better team. This is about one game. When he was referring to the UConn game last night, this is in the best of seven series. We just had to win one game against that team. And this is what Mississippi State has to do right here. They've already played two times against South Carolina. All they need to do is win this one game against South Carolina, and they win the national championship. Um, I'm the with you, Andrew. The difference of this game is going to be Atlanta Coates missing the game. I think yeah. she's had she's had a big impact on South Carolina's uh, season, but her being her being gone from the lineup really affects what they're going to do as far as handling the, the post players of Corey and uh, Tierra McCowan. I mean, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I I just can't pick against Morgan William at this point. She has been the most clutch point guard. In either men's or women's Final Four, I mean, she's just fun to watch. She put a 41 against Baylor, put up like 17 against UConn, including that impressive buzzer beater shot that everyone has been talking about. I I can't pick against them. They're just they're just clutch. They're they're clicking right now. They're the hottest team in the country. I said that last week, and I stand by that this week. They just took down the best program in all of college sports history when you talk about the dominancy of UConn. I, I mean, if they can beat that, they, they could sure as heck beat South Carolina. So I'm going, I'm going to pick Mississippi State to beat South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, it just, it just makes too much sense to me not to pick the team that's just been going crazy the last few weeks. And I will say, I want to make one thing, one comparison. Morgan William, from the from the film that I've watched of her, she reminds me a lot of Isaiah Thomas in how she operates on the floor with uh, with pulling up from mid range and uh, shooting threes. It's just she reminds me a lot of uh, Isaiah Thomas because she plays like she is the shortest player on the floor, and it's it, it's it's really she sort of plays with a chip on her shoulder, which is the exact same way that he does. So yeah. I mean, if for Mississippi State to have a player like that, it's it's really uh, really helps them out 
to have a, a, a I know person. That. But she, she is having to play with a player. Every time she's playing against an opposing point guard, they're bigger than her. She is out-efforting everyone. She, she has become – she. I, I would guess she's probably the best point guard in all of women's college basketball right now. Would you say that? I mean, she looks – she appears to be so. I mean, it's the only point guard that I, I can tell you off the top of my head from a top team. <laughs> Well, I mean, like I'm just I'm just looking at UConn. I'm looking at Baylor. I'm looking at South Carolina. I'm just looking at the teams that are in the Final Four. I mean, uh, I mean, maybe Kelsey Plum, although I don't even know if she's a point guard, really. I think I think she's a shooting guard. Yeah, actually. I mean, I don't I don't I don't know if I don't know if that's a her dictionary definition is is going to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously she would be, but yeah. Um, so I think we. Uh, pretty much covered it all we uh expect we all expect a mississippi state which would be a first ever national title in any sport which uh i know a lot of bulldog fans remember i think it was yeah four years ago mississippi state played for their first national title which would have been baseball which they ultimately fell short against ucla so this is the uh second time in four years that they'll be playing for a national championship because here at mississippi state in the state of, we are the only school in the state of Mississippi that uh, you know, goes and win, uh, competes for national championships. We don't just talk about winning national championships; we go and try to win them. So that's I just I just wanted to point that out there for uh, any of the uh, <laughs> of our opposing listeners out there. TSUN people, basically. <laughs> I'll just go ahead. I'll just go ahead and say it. I mean, my goodness. I mean, if you've seen their meltdown on Twitter, it's absolutely hilarious. Which, by the way, kudos to the Mississippi State fan base. Mississippi State is playing Ole Miss in baseball right now. I think they've already won the series. They're doing so great. And you can't get anyone to talk about baseball. Everyone's talking about women's basketball. And Mississippi State, for the longest time, has been considered a baseball school. The fact that Vic Schaefer has made Mississippi State I'm going to say probably a women's basketball school at this point. I mean, man, that's, that's incredible. What he, he might have by far the greatest turnaround in five years of any coach of any program I've ever seen. You talk about his first season, they have a losing record. And then all, all the way to his fifth season, he's playing for the national championship on a program that has historically done nothing. They have no history to back him up. He had to start from ground up to get to where he is right now. And I, I, I'm just – I'm totally blown away by him, and um, I wish him the best of luck. Oh, one, one last thing. There are a lot of Mississippi State fans out there that are like, oh, well, Vic Schaefer is about to leave for Florida or for some, some other program. I'm, I'm just going to say this. If you look at women's college basketball, he, he's not leaving for Florida or some other school like that. Look at a school like Baylor. Kim Mulkey has been there since she was hired as the head coach of Baylor. She herself has turned Baylor into a basketball program. If Vic Schaefer was to go to some other place like Texas A&M, well, that's Gary Blair who turned Texas A&M into a good women's basketball program, winning them the national championship in 2011. Vic Schaefer brought Mississippi State to national prominence his son and his daughter will have graduated with a degree from Mississippi State University. I just don't see – I don't see it. I think there's kind of a cringe in the Mississippi State fan base that, oh, 
well, he's a good coach, so he's he's going to leave at some point. I don't think this is the case at all. I think Mississippi State's finally found a sport where they can finally have continued success over years to years to come. Now, like Andrew was saying, we're not saying that this is a Final Four team every year or anything like that. But I think that this could be consistently a top 10 program that's going to be competing for SEC titles. And I think this can be a consistent Sweet 16 team. Because if this team is a top four seed every year, then they're going to be able to host the NCAA tournament. So that's two home games for Mississippi State every year where they can easily reach the Sweet 16 every year. Uh, I'm going on a little rant. I'm going on a little soapbox here, Andrew. You know what? I'm just I'm just too into this. I'm I'm too excited about this. You know, I, I need to I need to let you talk, Andrew. I'm, I'm no. being a bad co-host here. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, the one thing about that whole your point with uh, Vic Schaefer being uh, keeping Mississippi State at that high level he's, is he's got to keep up the recruiting. And uh, after some quick research on recruiting, uh, I mean they're they're not even in the top twenty in recruiting. So yeah, but I'm a little skeptical of women's basketball recruiting. Honestly, I mean I'm a little skeptical of it because Victoria Vivians wouldn't even name the McDonald's All American. She had like the most points in or it was either the most or second most points in high school history for women's basketball. She wasn't even a McDonald's All-American. So I'm a little skeptical of those kinds of things. I don't even think Tiara McAllen was one. She's a 6'7 center who's just played absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I'm a little skeptical of these types of things, Andrew. It's for reasons like that. But I will tell you this as far as recruiting goes. He is uh, getting a – a guard coming in who was the three-time Mississippi Gatorade player of the year. She is doing impressive things at Olive Branch. I believe her name is Maya Taylor. Um, uh, don't at me if I'm wrong on that. I'm, I'm a little too much in the moment to look at, look into that. But um, he, he is adding some players. And remember, at the end of this year, he, he, he's still getting Morgan William. He's still keeping Blair Schaefer. He's still keeping Victoria Vivians. Um, and, and, of course, you're still keeping T.R. McCowan. So, so uh, I, I, don't get me wrong, Brianna Richardson, uh, Dominique Dillingham, Katera Chapel, Jinwei Okori, those are four big losses for Mississippi State, and they've built this program to where they are today. That, As Vic Schaefer has said, as as the senior class that started it all, and they can never be thanked enough. But Mississippi State is also developing, uh, recruiting at a higher level now. I'm seeing some commit some people that have committed just this week that are uh that they probably haven't updated that kind of stuff yet but uh, oh no that's two years away never mind but <laughs> anyway um they, they're they're still recruiting at a you know a higher level than they have been in recent years now obviously i can't expect them to recruit immediately at a top 10 level but you know even if Vic schaefer is just slowly but steadily getting better and better recruits, I think the recruits will take note of last night's game because I'm not sure if a lot of recruits even knew Mississippi State was on the radar until last night when they pull off the miraculous upset. So I think I think you're right, Andrew, that they will need to pick up, but I, my answer to that is I think it will pick up as a result of last night's game, just the amount of publicity that Mississippi State's going to get. Okay, and one more point I want to make before we okay. get out of here. You said Vic Schaefer has made the most impressive turnaround in the in the first five years of him being around the program. Is that is that correct? I would say so. Yeah. Let's not forget about Nick Saban. 
Okay, okay. No, this, no, no, no. Okay. Are we, are we going to get into this debate? We're, We're going to get into this debate real quick. Okay. Let's, let's, let's not forget about Nick Saban. I mean, after coming out of NCAA, he was a, they had uh, violations of NCAA rules where they had on probation and had multiple scholarship losses uh, under Mike Shula. And within two within two years, had them in the SEC championship game playing for national titles. Second year, second year was twelve and zero okay. regular season. Uh, all right, do, do, do we really need to get in this debate? Okay, I'm just I'm just this pointing out. Al- this is Alabama. Okay, they have the boosters. They've had the fan support, but they had the NCAA. Vic Schaefer created fan support for women's basketball. Women's basketball didn't have fan support at Mississippi State before he came there. He had to build everything from the ground up. Alabama has consistently had fan support for football, and they have been – at that point, they were still the top program at the SEC. They were considered the top program at the SEC. You look at Bear Bryant. They were able – they had proven success before Nick Saban came there. Gene Stallings in the 90s was able to win a national title. Vic Schaefer and Mississippi State, I don't um, – they went to one sweet 16. That was their most impressive history. That was in 2010. I mean, they, at one point in the 1990s, okay, late 90s, Mississippi State had only won once against Ole Miss, okay? okay. They had only won once against Ole Miss. Alabama – has had a tradition football program over uh, pretty much since their existence. You look back, even at the 30s or 40s, they were winning Rose Bowls and SEC titles. But let's not forget that Mississippi State still hasn't won an SEC title in a conference tournament or the regular season yet. And yet Vic Schaefer is about to play for a national title tomorrow. I mean, how many teams have ever done that? How many I mean, programs have ever done you that? You have a point for sure, but – I mean, let's. I mean, let's just not forget that Mike Mike Shula t- completely tore down the program before he got to Alabama, and then Nick Saban came in and had had them back in the national spotlight in two years, after they had been pretty irrelevant from about 1997-ish until then. For they had been irrelevant for about ten years, and then. Nick Saban comes in and brings them back to national prominence. I'm not saying I'm not discounting anything that Vic Schaefer's ever done. I think he's a great coach, and I think he's done a really good job with the program. But we can't we can't lose sight of that. Well, I I, I just I just don't think that a coach that has you know, rebuilding a program that has had continued success ha, can match anywhere near Vic Schaefer, who had to build everything from the ground up. I I, I really honestly I just don't see the comparison. It'd be like. What you're comparing this to is if someone comes into Tennessee right now that's had somewhat of a proven track record at a previous school and is able to take them to a national title within two years. I just I just really don't see the comparison because, honestly, Alabama has been a proven program in football for pretty much since the test of time. There's, but, there's, I don't but, think but anyone will question your, that. But your point – was the biggest turnaround in the first five years of the program after being yeah, in from dumps, which is where Alabama was. Alabama was going to bowl games as far as I know. Yeah, the independent Alabama was they were going six and six. And they actually they ended up six and seven the year before won- got Mississippi State wasn't even going to NCAA tournaments. Well that's there's that, there's a difference there because of the amount of teams that get to go to bowl games. 
Yeah. So there was less. I mean, yeah, 64 teams go to the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament, and there were less teams in bowl games in the early 2000s that were going to bowl games. If you were going to a bowl game in the early 2000s, if you look at Mississippi State in 1997, they went seven and four and didn't get to go to a bowl game. So if you're able to go to a bowl game in the early 2000s, then that's pretty good. But I mean, it's nearly it's over half of the NCAA gets to go to a bowl game these days. But see, that's kind of that's kind of proves back to your point. As an Alabama fan, you you don't appreciate that kind of success. So you wouldn't have appreciated Vic Schaefer in the second year going to the WNIT as compared to you know, Nick Saban in his second year, he's in the SEC title game. That's just kind of expected at Alabama, whereas compared to Mississippi State, these are new heights. These are new places where Mississippi State is going. Everything that Nick Saban's done, Alabama's already done at one point in their history. Yeah, but not and, recently. Well, I think never and not recently are two different things, if you ask me. Uh, well, that's up for debate. But we'll get to that a different time. That's what this debate was for. <laughs> that's enough. No, it wasn't. Not exactly. Yeah, I think so. Okay, whatever you think. Okay, whatever I think. Right. We'll have this debate another day. All right, fine, fine. We'll, we'll go, go ahead and, this debate. We'll go ahead and All get right, out well, of here. Yeah, yeah, we'll get out of here. Um, I hope you enjoyed our first debate. If you... Uh, would like us to hear more debates about stuff, such as whether ham and cheese sandwiches or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are better. So you can uh, reach us on iTunes at For Whom the Podcast Tolls. Um, we are called It Just Means For. You can also reach us on TuneIn or Blog Talk Radio. Also on our main page on ForWhomTheCowbellTolls.com. We'll tweet out that link. Um, from Andrew Parrish, I'm Will Larson, and we hope you join us again next week.